Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go, live on a Friday in Los Angeles. It's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, best show of the week, Julian Edelman stops by today. Blazing five, one hour from now. We are loaded. NFL on a Thursday night. We were just waiting for the cover. That's all it was. We were just waiting for the cover. Uh, both teams were missing uh, good players. Giants missing the left tackle, though, really hurt. J-Mac. That was, um, you know, Brock Purdy, I'm sitting here watching him. They blitzed all night, handled the pressure. One time they put 10 in the box, just threw it away. It's amazing. Everybody's waiting for him to fail. He's not failing. Not quite. Daniel Jones failed a lot last night. He was yeah, he does. all kinds of bad. Yeah, so, you know, I look at the numbers last night. Third down, Brock Purdy was really good. Time of possession, he controlled it. Yards per pass, not a lot of dink and dunk. He's throwing it up the sideline. 26 first down, dominated the game. We've become so obsessed with the upside of quarterback. We fell in love with Zach Wilson because of a throw at the combine. Justin Fields' size and his ability to run. Yeah, maybe Brock Purdy's ceiling's a little lower. Maybe a lot lower. But his floor is really high. He rarely even has a bad half or a quarter. He was very okay in that playoff game against Dallas. You know, the great Cowboy defense, but he completed 65% of his throws, won the game, and had no picks. San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco scored 30-plus points in all but two games he started and been healthy. He stays out of trouble. He accurately delivers the ball to the right people. Debo, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, usually Brandon Ayuk, who was out last night. I think he moves pretty well. They can move the pocket with him. He moves well enough. He doesn't move too well where he's paralyzed by running. He sits in the pocket and throws strikes. He doesn't shrink. He doesn't have that Kirk Cousins-like 
teeth-clenching stuff. I don't see a guy that's overwhelmed. I see a guy that moves well. I see a guy that gets rid of the ball accurately. He's confident. He's not cocky. Uh, San Francisco's offense is a symphony, and he keeps the beat. And this happens all the time. American Idol was the number one show on television in America when, you know, linear TV used to be a thing. Number one show for a decade. Every network, including this one, passed on it once. We circled back and got it. Good for us. Tom Brady, best quarterback ever, sixth round. Jokic, most dominant player in the NBA, second round. Not only does it happen with guys like Brock Purdy, who are good, Tony Romo was really good. Kurt Warner was great. It happens all the time with stars. But here's the thing. The NFL now is so quarterback-centric that we believe if you win, it has to overwhelmingly be the quarterback. No, it doesn't. No, it does San Francisco had more yards last night after the catch than the Giants had total yards. The ball, get it to the guys, let them break tackles. Debo breaks tackle, tackles. Christian McCaffrey breaks tackles. Kittle breaks tackles. Get him the ball early, step out of the way. The story in Kansas City this year is not Mahomes. It's their defense. The story with the Rams is a rookie wide receiver getting better than Cooper Cup numbers. The story with the Cowboys is defense. You can win in this league a lot of games without a Hall of Famer at quarterback. Even Mahomes this year, the story is how good that defense is, probably his best. San Francisco, A-plus coach, A-plus skill positions, A-plus defense, and a quarterback that doesn't shrink, doesn't cost you anything for a couple of years. I don't even remember him at the combine, but you're waiting to see more of him. This is what he is, and he doesn't make mistakes. His passer rating's 112. Well, he's got this. Well, he's got that. Well, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl when he had Sean McVay. You know, Russell Wilson was good when he had Pete Carroll. Everybody has a, well, he's got blank. Aikman had Jimmy Johnson. Marino had Shula. John Elway had one of the greatest coaches ever, Mike Shannon. Everybody's got to have something. There's no quarterbacks winning Super Bowls with lousy coaches and bad old lines and crappy defenses. You got to have something. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's brilliant. Yeah, the defense is stacked. And in two years, three years, when they have to pay Brock Purdy, maybe it won't be as stacked. But we're obsessed with the upside. What about this? What about the floor? This kid just doesn't have bad halves. <laughs> Even against Dallas, 65% completion percentage, no picks, got it to the right guys enough, and they won the game. And he's humble, and he's hungry. Here's Brock Purdy after. I feel like, you know, there's, there's some throws out there that I missed that could have, you know, obviously helped us get, get the lead earlier and quicker um, and faster. So um, those are the things that, you know, sort of are in my mouth that, you know, I have sort of a bad taste from that I want to be better at. So um, watch the film, keep getting better, and, we just want to keep winning. All right. So how about the other team? Um, the Giants have the worst first half point differential through three games in like 30 years, 1991. They can't score when the plays are scripted with a really, really good, smart head coach. Daniel Jones in prime time, and these numbers matter because that's against good teams and good quarterbacks, right? That's what 
TV networks want the New York market. They don't necessarily love the Giants, but they want the New York market. And since the Giants aren't that interesting, usually they face a great roster full of stars or a great quarterback. And Daniel Jones, in his career in primetime, is 1-11. Oh, no, that's not the worst part. His passer rating's 70, almost 60s. More picks than TDs. 1-11. And that's the illustration of what the Giants are against quality. They can't even compete with the Cowboys and the Eagles right now. Forget the Super Bowl. Forget the NFL. In their own division, they're not close to the Cowboys or Eagles. Those defense suffocate this offense. And again, that's with Brian Dable and Saquon Barkley usually and a great left tackle usually. Suffocated. And I'll tell you something. I could be wrong on this, but I think Washington, this happens every year. We get to October and go, that team is good. I think it could be Washington. So they reached it, Daniel Jones at number six pick in the draft, and they reached on the $40 million per year contract. It felt so Cleveland. It felt so Cleveland. There's always been this clear divide in the NFL. And I said, because I, I lived around Giants fans for years in Connecticut for 10 years. Almost all my friends, they I, not a lot of Jets fans. It was Giants fans or Patriot fans. And there's always been this clear divide in the NFL. I don't even have to name the teams. Well-run organizations, you know them and poorly run organizations forever. You know them. And about 10, 11 years ago, the Giants made this big leap into the have-nots crowd. Since they won the Super Bowl in 2011, 11 full seasons, eight under 500, zero division titles. This is worse. Six coaches. You know what I'm talking about. You know the franchises that do that. They always look down at the Jets. No, you're looking square at the Jets. In fact, in terms of personnel, the Jets' defense stacked. The Giants is good. I mean, it, you look down at the Jets. You can't, can't look down at anybody. Can't look down at Detroit. Detroit's better than you. Can't look down at Washington right now. Got to look up at them in the standings. The only drama last night would... Probably be, are the Niners going to cover? I mean, you watch the game, I watch the game. That's all I thought about. Yeah, when are the, when are the 49ers going to cover? That was the only drama. When are the 49ers going to cover? So I, you know, I, I'm looking around at this thing. I think they have a very smart GM and coach. So there's light at the end of the tunnel. But they are tied to this Daniel Jones contract. They've, 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 there's some light, but they've become Nebraska football. Power. Titles, relevance, off the radar. And it, 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 and I always, cons I always called them the accounting firm of the NFL. Details, even when successful, boring, but you knew what you were getting a bedrock of details and toughness and long hours. That was the New York Giants brand. Now, I don't even think they have a brand. They have a good coach, a clever general manager, and the quarterback can move a little. But I, I, only thing I was thinking about last night, will the Niners cover? And I mean, even when it was close early, it's like, man, when are they going to pop through this thing? Here's Daniel Jones after. It's not, 
you know, not what we, not what we're trying to do. So we gotta gotta find a way to, to figure that out, execute better early in the game, finish in the end zone, uh, take advantage of our opportunities. But it comes down to to making plays and, and executing better in those situations. Well, I tried to be positive before the season, but you take Saquon and Andrew Thomas out of that offense, and by the way, the young receiver, uh, not not getting a lot of looks last night. So, J Mac, right now. Right now, you're on the you're on the right side of the New York Giants. Yeah, it feels good to give out some money on a Thursday night while also watching the Giants just flop around like a dead fish. They look so bad on offense. Three point three yards per play, Colin. That's it. One hundred fifty yards. If they weren't gifted that penalty on the punt where they took over at the Niners like thirty seven, they don't get in the end zone at all. They don't sniff the end zone. That was that's a bad football team. Yeah, I mean they played twelve quarters of football and they've been outplayed in nine of them. Like, significantly outplayed. Well, what's concerning is they're really atrocious early. So in Denver, we're saying we don't like what we see. But Peyton and Russell Wilson are very effective early on script. Well, the Giants have been okay in the second half of one game, but they're not good even on script. And you would think with a clever coach, you know, they don't know what you're going to do. There's the element of surprise. Even like mediocre offenses can usually in their first couple of series surprise you, pick up yards, yeah. misdirection. No, they don't do that either. I have a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, use the code HERD when you download the app. All right, I'm going to go with a three-dog parlay pick via DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Chargers plus one of the Vikings. They have a better team. They're desperate, better roster. And I think this is the moment for the Chargers this season. Line in the sand. Lose. They're thinking about a new coach. I think they win. They've had moments in both their losses. Chargers win by a touchdown. Steelers plus three at the Raiders. Why? I think Pittsburgh's a better roster overall after an ugly win and an epically bad performance by the O-line. They'll hear about it from Tomlin and play inspired. Take the Steelers by a touchdown. And Rams plus one at the Bengals. Joe Burrow may not play. And the Rams are the shock of the league. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code H-E-R-D herd when you download the app. Chargers, Steelers, Rams. Like it, I love it. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. So an NFL executive was quoted saying about Deion Sanders, he might skip the NFL. He'll have to deal with parity in the NFL. He might not have the same impact in the NFL. He has in college. He'll be limited on how many guys he can bring in and attract because of the cap and the draft. Well, with very few exceptions like Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson, um, most coaches do not succeed at both. Most don't succeed at one. Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson succeeded at a high level, Super Bowls, natties at both. Here's the thing. It's a different job. College head coach, you control everything. Jim Harbaugh was very, very effective at the college level everywhere. And he had success in the NFL. Jim likes to control personnel. So did Urban Meyer. Jimmy Johnson was known as great in personnel. So was Pete Carroll. You don't get that in the NFL. College football coach runs the show. Saban, Urban, 
uh, Harbaugh, uh, that you run the show. In the NFL, you have to have a symbiotic relationship with the GM and the owner. In fact, Harbaugh, Trent Baalke, did not get along very well, the GM in San Francisco. So it was a struggle. So some of these college coaches, I, even coaches I like, college basketball coaches, college football coaches, Coach K and Saban, can be a little bit of a control freak. You cannot be the biggest star in the NFL. Your quarterback, your star receiver, your edge rusher are. The owner also wants to be seen as a star. In the NFL, it's bigger cities, louder media, more criticism. Uh, you can't schedule around competition. Bottom line, in college, a salesman thrives. In college, salesmen die. Dion right now is an unbelievable salesman. And he doesn't even have good real estate yet. He's a great salesman. And he's a little controlling, even with his son, which is his son. He's very right, too. But right now, he's controlling everything. Everything goes through him. In the NFL, the GM makes calls all day and doesn't even give you a heads up. They're talking about personnel, players. They're not giving you a heads up. Now, people will look at Belichick and say, well, he's controlling. And I would argue since Brady left, it's absolutely hurt him in the draft. But when Josh McDaniels, Brady, and Dante Skarnecchia, the offensive line coach, were there and closer to their prime, he let those guys run the show offensively. So I think Dion appears to be absolutely, it's not a criticism, perfect for college football. Joel Klatt on our show earlier this week talked about it. Dion doesn't want to coach in the NFL. He's told me that point blank to my face. Um, he believes that his role is more as a mentor. Yeah. He loves coaching kids. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where he feels called. In fact, the word that he used with us in our, in our meeting, and you'll know this because he's very forward about his faith, he believes that this is his ministry, to be there for kids in college, be a father figure to kids in this moment in their life. He's not going to the NFL, period. Now, whether he's at Colorado for any length of time, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because there are going to be a lot of people that come calling. Now, I never say never. Jerry Jones calls, offers $10 million plus. Uh, you know, he's got history. But you don't have an impulsive ego owner in college. You control personnel. The quarterback doesn't make four times what you do. A GM wanting credit. Dion gets to get the credit. Dion gets the love. Dion gets the mission. Dion makes the calls. And that matters a lot. Jim Harbaugh succeeded to some degree at both, but I think Harbaugh's better suited. And I've talked to GMs about this in the NFL. He's better suited for college. So is Saban. Pete Carroll's had to relinquish power in the draft. What a shock. Seattle's drafted better last couple drafts when Pete stepped back. Belichick won't. It's to his undoing. But uh, I think he's found his place, whether it, like Klatt said, is Colorado long-term, I don't know. It's good for the sport, it's good for him, it's good for the kids, and it's been a blast to watch. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. So I was saying I went to the ringer uh, this morning and they had this argument that uh, or this story. Russell Wilson's basically the same quarterback in Denver as he was in Seattle. And they show all the stats and you can't argue it. Right. And I and I thought to myself, that's not what my eyes are seeing. What I'm seeing this year, he's bad after the script. And so I went digging this morning. We did. And in Seattle, sure enough, not only was Russell Wilson a good fourth quarter quarterback he was unbelievable he led the nfl number one with 91 touchdown passes in 10 seasons only 25 picks this year in denver five tds four picks one's a hail mary he completed 63 and a half percent in the fourth quarter again the division was good tougher to throw in the fourth you often trail and they know it this year 57 percent uh, both years by the way in denver i'm being told uh passer rating 104 in Seattle in the fourth quarter. He was magic in Denver last year, this year, 78. He's bad in the second half. He's really, really bad in the fourth. So when you're good matters, when you're good, there's a saying, coffee's for closers. All those great Michael Jordan highlights, none are in the first quarter. All right? Okay, walk-off home runs are special. Don't get them in the second inning. In real estate, everybody can sell a house in a good economy and low interest rates. Can you sell it now? 
close when others can't. When your great matters. Tony Romo isn't perceived as a great quarterback. Much better second-half quarterback than first-half. Derek Carr, is he great? 13th all-time in fourth-quarter comebacks. He just got 150 large from the Saints. He's been good in big spots in the fourth, come from behind. And with the Raiders, he was often behind. So, again, there was a term, let Russ cook. What, what did they mean when they said that? Well, they wanted more of his fourth-quarter heroics in the first quarter. And so you go to Denver, he has been a bad fourth quarter with Hackett and with Sean Payton, and he was magic in Seattle. So that's the classic contextualization is when are you great? Okay, legends are born and made in the fourth quarter. It's why I defended Derek Carr for years. I've seen him come from behind so many times. He's ahead of a lot of Hall of Famers. It's why I said when Tony Romo played, I was always a Romo guy. I'm like, guys, he is really good in the second half. He's really good late. So even Patrick Mahomes, if you look at the brand of Patrick Mahomes, number one is arm talent. 1A is comeback king. John Elway, by the way, threw a lot of picks. It's not his TD to interception ratio. It's not John Elway's passer rating or completion percentage. Elway was a great fourth quarter come from behind king. Ask Cleveland. So I, I, I look at, at these stats, and they were a lot. This morning, I didn't even know what to make of it. And I'm like, no, I remember in Seattle, I can remember so many Bucket Aikman games, Fox games, big moments, the raindrop over the defense, fourth quarter. So when you're great matters. Kirk Cousins, 1 o'clock window, we always joke. On script, 1 o'clock window, Kirk is money. Late, late game. Fourth quarter, doesn't feel as big, kind of shrinks. Same with Andy Dalton. A lot of big moments for Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. Got to the playoffs. I never felt he was big in the playoff games, big in the big moments late. That's just how it felt like to me. Greg Cosell yesterday came on the show and said, here's what the film says. I would say that the film tells me that Russell Wilson is not playing very well. He continues to have a strong tendency to leave a lot of throws on the field that are there to be made, Colin. I can't tell you how many times when you watch him on tape that he hits his back foot, doesn't even plant it, and immediately breaks down. There's really little pocket nuance and precision to his game. Um, there's just too many plays that are there, and he either doesn't see it, doesn't throw the ball. He's not been particularly accurate. He's not playing particularly good football right now within the context of the offense. And again, when your great matters, script is one thing. One o'clock window is one thing. It's those TV games, it's fourth quarter, that's where you get paid. So something happened, I think it happened after our show yesterday, and it's a big deal. Now, we've already got six or seven great players out for the season. Um, you know, almost every team will lose a really good player at one point due to injuries. Now, there's a lot of injuries during the year. We've seen it over the years with San Francisco, and the guys usually come back. So Trayvon Diggs, the great corner, having a remarkable year out. Torn ACL in practice. Brutal. Bad for the Cowboys, bad for him, having a remarkable year. Mike McCarthy... Uh, knows how big of a deal it is. You hate to see it when any of your players, but I mean, it's just awful. You know, just the outpour of concern for him. You know, I mean, he was just 
playing off the charts. I mean, and that's the way he practices too. So obviously a big blow. This is the best I've ever seen him. I mean, I, I mean he had a great off season. His training camp was, you know, the confidence that that he was playing with. I mean, his ball skills are just off the charts. I've never seen anybody like him. Yeah, he was not only spectacular this year, he was allowing a passer rating of one. There's no more numbers. One. Um, Here's the real problem. We've watched Philadelphia never seems to be totally healthy. They can blow people out. San Francisco, never healthy, can blow people out. Baltimore's never healthy. Get to the playoffs, win a lot of games. Dallas, to me, feels really dependent on about four players. Dak's leadership, C.D. Lamb on the perimeter, Micah Parsons' dominance, pass rushing, and Trayvon Diggs. Because of Trayvon Diggs, they're allowed to be hyper-aggressive on the back end. Dallas may be the most aggressive team in the league in the back end. Well, that's because of Trayvon Diggs. Now, Dan Quinn cannot coach that way. They were number one in the league last year and this year in takeaways. That's their secret sauce. Dak will get the publicity. The secret sauce for Dallas is they take the ball away. Better than anybody in the league. Better than San Francisco. Better than the Jets. Better than Pittsburgh. They take the ball away. Well, he's a big part of it. But he is also somebody that allowed you to play a certain way. When you watch teams play Dallas, like they they are aware that Dallas is so aggressive, you can get burned by Dallas. And it goes, you see it on film, and you prepare that way. It's not the same now. Now, if you can slow down Micah, no easy task, going to take more chances downfield against Dallas. So they won't coach the same. Dan Quinn won't coach the same. Others won't coach the same against them. It is a major blow. And I do feel like, you know, there's, a, there's teams in this league, like Pittsburgh, I don't feel is, you know, T.J. Watt is really, really important because he's so great. Um, but I, you know, if you told me Najee Harris, good game, bad game, Minka Fitzpatrick, good game, bad game, I, I, I don't feel like that doesn't feel like it tilts anything. C.D. Lamb twists an ankle. I said it before the season. This offense is not the same. Micah Parsons hurt, not the same. Trayvon Diggs really allowed you to play a certain way. So I think it is a, and, and here's the other thing. You know, we view the AFC as superior to the NFC. Well, so far, that's just not the case. Cincinnati's struggling. Buffalo has no has been great. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Like, there's some issues in the AFC. Jacksonville can't get their offense going. Kansas City is sputtered. But if you look at what a corner means in the NFC, Eagles and Washington in your division both have two, two really good receivers. Rams, San Francisco, potential playoff teams, both with Two really good receivers, Cooper Cup coming back for the Rams. Seattle and Detroit have multiple receiving threats. So the teams in the NFC that you could face in the playoffs, Eagles, Washington, Rams, Niners, Seattle, Detroit, they got multiple targets. That you need a shutdown corner. Or or, or Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs, you need two high-end corners. So I think it's a big blow for the Cowboys. Uh, it, it What it means is, now you cannot afford a C.D. Lamb, a Micah. Like, now this team already felt to me a little top-heavy. Now they're a lot top-heavy. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Every Friday during the football season for about 16, 17 weeks, our Blazing Five, our Blase Five so far. Let's go. That's a hot 
Let's blaze it up. Fire it up. It's Collins blazing fire. Chargers and Vikings. I'm going to take the better team, the better quarterback, the better roster. Chargers plus one and a half. Under Kellen Moore, the offense has been great. 386 yards a game. One of five teams without a turnover. 2.8 points per drive. Top three in the league. 49 first downs. Only the Dolphins and Rams have more. It's been the defense, but Herbert, no interceptions. Austin Eckler is a key component. He is now returning ankle injury. They think he can play. The Vikings have been sloppy. Most giveaways in the league with seven. The rushing offense non-existent puts more pressure on Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. And frankly, defensively, they don't get to the quarterback. So I get, and that was a little bit of an issue late in the game against the Titans. Justin Herbert got pressured. Better team, better roster, unbelievable urgency. Chargers win, take the points 27-24. Saints at Packers. I'm going to take the Saints plus one against Green Bay. Forget about Derek Carr. They have three receivers right now that are terrific. One of them undrafted. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas drafted great players. Then they have uh, Rashid Shahid, who's been really good, really good. So three real viable receivers, but it's the Saints defense. Dig deeper. Do you know they've held opponents under 20 points in the NFL for eight straight games dating back to last season? That's insane. And the Packers have the youngest roster. Bakhtiari's hurt at left tackle. Christian Watson banged up. Aaron Jones. And though the Packers have scored their 29th in first downs game, and they only 29th in big plays, so they don't have the ability to burn you when Watson's not healthy, meaning you can be more aggressive defensively. They're banged up. I still don't know what Jordan Love is. I know what Derek Carr is. I think the Saints will take the points, win outright 24-23. Bills at Commanders. I'm going to go Commanders plus six and a half. Look at the weather. Up the coast, tropical storm. Wet, windy mess. I always take points if I get a competent team. Six and a half points in a messy game. The defense for the Commanders leads the NFL in sacks and quarterback hits. That means Josh Allen will be pressured. What does Josh Allen do when he's pressured? Since Brian Daybol left last year as a coordinator, they league the entire sport in giveaways. I think it's low scoring, a lot of football between the 30s, sloppy wet weather, ball could be loose, and frankly, I know you guys are making fun of me because I like Sam Howell, but it seems to me every couple drafts, we find a quarterback drafted third, fourth, second, fifth, sixth, and he ends up being a Dak Prescott. Commanders, I'm going to give the Bills a win late on a field goal, but I'm going to take the Commanders to keep it close late into the game, 27-24 Buffalo. Patriots and Jets. Uh, my only favorite, I take New England minus two and a half. Quarterback head coach advantage usually means a win. They've got both here. They outplayed Philly in the second half, and they outplayed Miami arguably in the fourth quarter. I still think Belichick's a great coach. Mac Jones is competent, leads the NFL in completions this year in pass attempts. They've got to engineer a run game. They were banged up on the offensive line. They do get a key defensive lineman back this year, uh, that this week. Hey, Zach Wilson's just on a franchise quarterback, and Belichick has eaten him alive. 51% completion percentage. Listen, Belichick defensively is the greatest coach in the history of the sport. What does he own? Young quarterbacks who make mistakes. I'm going to take the Patriots to win it. Swallow the two and a half, 21-17, low-scoring game. 
Rams at Bengals. I'm going to take the Rams plus three. Burrow, Joe Burrow may not play. He's not practicing. They have no deep ball. And that's the way you can beat the Rams. You can go over the top sometimes and beat them. But the Rams offense this year has been a shocker. They got two great players in the draft. A left guard and Puka Nukua. That kid is unbelievable. 15 catches last week against the Niners. Kyron Williams leads the NFL four scrimmage touchdowns. They are humming offensively. The play calling, the symmetry, the cohesion on the offensive line. Joe Burrow re-aggravated a calf injury. People who injure calves are prone to do that. Came back early, re-aggravated it, not practicing. Therefore, Jake Browning's the backup, not a big-armed guy over the top guy, more of a ball-control smart kid. So if, if he plays, not a lot of oomph over the top. I'm going to take the points. Rams, Stafford, McVay, Puka Nakua, their youth, they're healthier. 30-27. Blazing five picks, I take four dogs. You know I like underdogs, J-Mac. You know I love them. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. When he left, I said, that's what a Hall of Famer looks like. Julian Edelman, 12 years, three-time Super Bowl champ, 
uh, between Gronk and Edelman, the most consistent performers outside of maybe a Jerry Rice in the history of the league in the postseason. They were great. What a pleasure to have you. The um, you know, we were just talking about New England. I think there's teams that are 0-2 and, and good. I think the Chargers are actually a very good football team. I think New England is a very good football team, but you brought up a fascinating point. I have heard nobody say this about the CBA and how it's hurting certain teams. Sloppy football. The CBA is making sloppy football. You're not having as many padded practices in training camp during the year. There's not many practices in the OTAs, mini camps, which guys need the reps. Guys need practice. Well, Offensive line play. known for details. We're, I mean, our practices were tough, and right now you can't practice. Offensive lines, they need to be able to feel passing a guy off on a TE game. They need to feel, you know, when there's a blitz. The, the quarterback needs to feel all these little things that they're not able to feel because there's a lack of practice right now. You know, it's interesting. I'm seeing Matt Stafford trust a rookie, uh, the kid. The kid well, and uh, Mapu, uh, uh, the Puka Nakua. Nakua. Um, you built trust with Brady. Aaron Rodgers generally. Devontae Adams. It would take him time. I, I want to go back. And it, it, it's interesting with veteran quarterbacks. Veteran quarterbacks, in my opinion, First thing Tom did in Tampa, get the right tackle. Get me Gronk. I want protection. Yeah. Go back to your early Brady days. You were a quarterback, junior college. Then you yeah. go play quarterback, uh, Kent State. They draft you. But it wasn't immediate success. Was there an epiphany, a moment, a time, a practice that you felt Tom finally looked at you and said, I trust him on third down? You didn't earn Tom's trust over one play. You had to continually earn Tom's trust. And he was big with the word trust. Uh, so what I had to do was I heard that he would always go out to Los Angeles and throw with Welker, Moss, and all these guys. So I literally moved out to L.A. And then we were represented by the same people, the Ian Dubin Sports. I told Steve, I'm like, you better tell Brady I'm out here. I want to throw whenever he wants. I'm, I'm out here for him. And that's when... We started developing trust when he started calling me. And, and like the first year, he called me one time. We, I dropped everything. I went, and it was one time. The second year I went out there, we started doing a little more. And when we were doing that, I was not only learning what he liked, he was learning my body mechanics. When I drop my weight, how do I get out of cuts? And it was, it was great for both of us. And it took us three or four years. I mean, we did it for three years until Wes left until he didn't have a choice, <laughs> kind of like Stafford with the, the young Mapu. What is his name? Uh, Pua, Pua Nakua. Puka Nakua. Like Fourth round pick at a BYU. He has no choice but to trust him. He's in a predicament where there's no Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's hurt. Very much like when I got in there and they didn't have Wes. When Wes was there, he didn't want to trust me because <laughs> there was it was Wes's gig and he knew and they had the reps together when you don't have an opportunity or you don't have a decision and you have to go out and that's what you're seeing right now you have to trust a kid that's why this mapu or nakua and and stafford they are they have something because he has no choice but he has to throw to this guy you know it's interesting that um you've seen this in all sports that uh what made michael jordan and brady great was their ability and Derek jeter to a large degree it wasn't that they were better in the playoffs but they didn't erode at all. Tom was the same guy Cleveland week six as he was in the Super Bowl. 
Um, we tend to think, because I watched every Patriot game for, t- I lived in Connecticut. Yeah. I saw practice. I saw everything. And I'm like, no, Tom's not great in the playoffs. He just never goes backwards for anything. And that, that is rare. There's pressure. There's internal pressure from Belichick, Skarnakiet, Tom. And yet many of your great moments were in these Sunday night playoff games. Did you ever get nervous? The Atlanta Super Bowl, I look at you and I'm like, oh, that guy is a stone cold killer. Kent State, JC, these are the biggest moments in the world. This is like the World Cup. You never drop passes. Were you ever nervous in these moments? It goes back to practice. You know, Belichick and the coaches made practice so hard, the situation so hard, like... I remember we'd be out there and we'd be doing PAT field goal and Bill, there'd be uh, something for, you know, the we, there'd be a rain game. And all of a sudden, Bill, right before the snap, would put water right on the, on the ball for the snapper. Like, guys are just sitting there like, what is Bill? Like, everything was designed to be <laughs> as hard as you possibly could because we had the answers to the test. You can go out and study what teams do situationally on third, first, second down. They're going to have a yeah. 60% chance of doing this. So if you make it hard in practice, when you go out and you have the answers to the test, Sunday it's just about execution. So you never felt like the moment was too big because of how hard and how they, they graded everything at practice. I mean, they, they, they used to watch us stretch they had that on film like the whole coaching staff would watch every bit of practice as a a whole coaching staff together it wasn't like the offense was just watching the offense the defense it made everyone accountable so when you put that pressure on guys in practice and everything's being evaluated when you get to the game you're like dang we just get to play now there's the classic wally pip comment about you and welker welker's not there you're there and I've heard Bill has a very biting but funny sense of humor. And Boston, you're a California guy, but I was told this in Boston, that you're accepted in the club when they pitch a crap. It's endearment. And was there, I talked Brady, was there a moment with Belichick, you knew you were in the club, that you were Belichick, because there's the Wally Pip comment on the sideline, a legendary yeah. video, but when not just Tom accepted you, Coaching matters. Your dad coached your Pop Warner. When did you feel like, Bill, you were in the trust club? When he would throw some shade at you. Like when you'd be in a team meeting, he goes, look, Edelman, like, what do you think? I've coached guys like this. You know, when, when he would throw shade at you, that's when you, you're like, all right, uh, he, likes maybe, he likes me. Or like <laughs> when he would be walking down, you know, the stretch lines and bust your – you know, your tail on something, and, and that's when you kind of knew where, am I allowed to laugh at this? Am I not allowed to laugh? <laughs> all right, I'm going to laugh at this. I and mean, it was like my sixth year in, we already had a Super Bowl. So after that, I was like, all right, we can start laughing. Are you surprised? Let's shift to Brock Purdy. Yeah. Now, he gets a lot of reps like you at Kent State. You change positions. But there used to be an old saying in the NFL, Bill Parcells, I will not draft a celebrity quarterback out of college. Well, that's done. There's too many of them, yeah. NIL. But I want three years starting. So this kid got high school, college, a ton of reps. He goes to San Francisco. I don't see nervous feet. I don't see anxiety. They're always on Sunday night football, Monday night football. Are you surprised how, I mean, game one, that Fred Warner, Kittle, Trent Williams. It's like your Patriot teams. There's Hall of Famers. That dude just steps in seventh round pick and doesn't care. Are you a little surprised? You have to be. They, they struck oil. 
I mean, with the, the late-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, when you watch Brock Purdy play, he processes the game. Like, you never see him double pump on something, double clutch. He knows where he's going with the ball, and that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan knowing what he likes as a play caller, what makes Brock comfortable, and also Brock going out and executing. Like, I went out and watched these guys in, in preseason – and I was a little concerned with his arm strength because he just had the UCL. Like, right. he was barely getting it out there. And what does Kyle Shanahan do? He, he throws – he gives him plays and throws that he knows he can make. And right now, because of the talent that they have, he doesn't have to play outside of his game. He just has to deliver the football. Because, you know, they're at, their guys are all good after the catch. Kittle, Debo, Aguke. Yes. I mean, they're all tremendously physical. Christian McCaffrey, last night, fourth quarter late, they've already won, is banging around, guys. Yeah. You, I always felt that you liked, you're a tough guy. Like, like I always feel, well, Christian McCaffrey, I'm like, dad was tough, he He's was tough. I mean, uh, in all your years, and you guys have kind of a same build, in all your years of New England I always felt you were the smartest team and talented. But was there ever a team? There was a Baltimore team that came into Foxborough one year, and I'm like, I think they have like 70% better players. Was there ever a time that you felt we are beating a team consistently and they have better dudes? Uh, I, always thought, I was always confident in our, our ability. I was always confident in our execution uh, and, and – the times that I always kind of like, I remember we traded Logan Mankins right before yes. 14. I'm sitting here like, I question Bill. I'm like, what are we doing? That and guy's we, a beast. He's one of the best offensive linemen, the nastiest guy. He, he was, the, he was the, the a-hole on the offense, and you need that. <laughs> and when we got rid of him, that was my first time like questioning, like, what are we doing? We went out and won a Super Bowl that year. And, and that was like the last time I did it, like – you always felt confident. You always felt like you were prepared going into a game, regardless of players. I had confidence in our coaching staff, and we had Tom Brady. So, like, regardless, I always thought we were winning every game we were playing. Was Tom different on a Sunday night game, playoff game? I mean, like, personality-wise, would he sometimes come up, this puppy's on Fox, this puppy's on it. I mean, was there a little different for the big ones for, with Tom? It would be when we played against Peyton. You can oh, tell. there we go. He, he liked playing against Peyton. Early in my career when he was with Indy, and then when we'd play him in the AFC, NFC, AFC championships when he was with Denver, like there was always a little something there. Uh, but well, the one thing about Tom Brady, what people don't realize, what makes him, I feel, the greatest is his ability to compartmentalize. Like we see all the distractions a lot of these quarterbacks have. And how they deal with the media. There were, all those distractions were there. The, the, the friction between the team and the quarterback. Like we hear and we see other examples of how other guys are handling it. You never heard anything bad come out of Tom Brady's camp. And he went out and executed. Even if there was something. You, under, you understand like his mom has cancer. He goes out and wins the Super Bowl. The night, the day, the day like that year. You know, the Bills stuff. All that stuff. He, he just continually like created stories and was able to like make this thing and and focus on one specific thing and that was just going out and playing his best game. What do you miss about the game? Uh I miss competing. You, you miss going in. I miss playing in important games. Uh 
That, that's the one thing you can't, you can't touch anymore. When you line up against another man, he knows he can't cover you. You know he can't cover you. And you go out and you, you, you get to execute and you get to, to play football, make a big catch, go out and celebrate with your team. Uh, you know, it, that's, that's what you can't, you can't replace is just going out and winning. I watched 11 years in New England, which I still have great fondness for. Um, you and I were talking before you came on, just that East Coast summer and fall. Those, I just, I'll always think of you. Night game, third down, need six, and it was you or Gronk. It just always was. That must be an incredible feeling, knowing how much you were trusted by the city. Everybody in that stadium, Julian, knew it was going to two guys. The defense knew it was going. Did you ever have a moment of, because you went to Kent State, you were doubted, junior college, there had to be a moment of, eh, I ain't bad. Yeah, there was a moment. After 14, we won a Super Bowl. We were starting off in 15, like 10-0. and 0. The game seemed so easy to me. I was at like my athletical peak. My yeah. mental peak was crossing it. And the game seemed easy. And I remember I was in my back pay place, and I just bought it. And I'm sitting there, man, life's good. Back pay is beautiful in Boston. Beautiful. Beautiful. And that was the problem. The football gods, right after that, I broke my foot. Nate Soldier blows a peck. Deion Lewis tears an ACL. We end up losing the AFC Championship that year. So, like, I always had to keep a mentality in my mind where I, I had to be, like, miserable. Because anytime I felt like I, I was there, something happened. I'd, I'd get hurt. I'd break a foot. I'd tear an ACL. So, like, I always had to flirt with that miserable line just because that's what I had to do to keep myself playing at the, the highest level. That's a, that's a Happily good. miserable. <laughs> well, you, made a, you made a lot of people miserable in the National Football League. We're so glad to have you. By the way, you also played with Jimmy G. I've been defending Jimmy G. Yeah. And I always say this. He may not move a lot. He doesn't go deep down the sideline. Maybe it's a physical presence and confidence because he's so good looking. But on third down and you need five, Gets rid of it accurately. He'll throw right between the hash marks. When he was with you guys, he was a backup. Yeah. Did you know he's going to win some games here? He's going to be a playoff quarterback. Yeah. When when Tom got suspended in what sixteen, Jimmy O, Jimmy D or Jimmy G came in, and uh, we lit it up. We were, we played a sexy Cardinals team that everyone was picking to go to the playoffs yeah. that year. And we went into their house and beat them. Jimmy G played lights out, executed the offense great. Week two, we beat Miami very, very easily, but then he ended up getting hurt in the back end of that game. And, and Jacoby came in. We ended up winning uh, three out of four. But you knew that he had something. Yeah. He, he could execute. He's got like a naiveness about him. Where he almost doesn't know how big it is, <laughs> like that, that's the thing. Like yeah. I would be like Jimmy, you know, he, he, and that 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 works in his favor because even if he makes a mistake, it doesn't phase him. It doesn't. He's Never got like has. this naive kind of mentality. We're like, all right, yeah, whatever, yeah. I'm like, but and he will give you like four or five throws where you're scratching your head, like, why are we doing that? But like, he also knows how to execute an offense, and he is a winner. His his stats don't lie. Forty one and eighteen. 
with three different coaches. The guy wins. Yep. What a pleasure for me, man. Great to meet you. It's great to meet you. I watch the guys. I watch you guys all the time. Okay. If you ever have Fridays, Thursdays, you're hanging around, you drop your lovely daughter off to school, and you're, yeah. you're banging around, we got free coffee here. Oh, awesome. And we got, we got J-Mac. Jets guy. Jets guy. Ah, uh, Julian. I'm waiting for this. Waiting for this. I'm a Jets fan, too. What? What, what do you mean? Well, anytime you play him, you get your best stats and a win. <laughs> you get a best stat and a win, and it's like two wins because it's a division oh, win. That was wow. a smoke right there. That was perfect. That's the best flex in the history. I, I feel terrible for you guys, though. Why? Because of the whole Aaron Rodgers predicament. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, well, we got Zach Wilson and, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Say more. Uh, hey, well, I'd bank on that, too, if I was you. <laughs> I like this honesty. So do I. You're We're no gonna, longer the honesty broker. This is this no. Is the I, it's Aaron Rodgers was the guy that was going to help that ship go, and they weren't even managing their expectations when they had Aaron Rodgers. They thought they were winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. So like, he knows a thing or two about how hard it is to win a Super Bowl, and when you do, there's a humility. It's Jet, be nice that the Jets rolled a little bit with that. I, I keep on telling everyone it, it, right now you're not going to pick a, a winner. I mean, we we look at last year. Through nine weeks, we were talking about Tua being the MVP. Then he, you know, he starts having the head things going down, and then, you know, it's it's ultimately about the healthiest team who's executing at the end the best. Yeah, that's always how it was. My best team that I played on was probably fifteen. We started out ten and zero, and then I broke my foot. Nate, yeah. te- you know, tears a pec. Dion's out. We weren't healthy. We go in and we try to yeah. play the AFC Championship against the Broncos, and they were just healthier. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that have to go your way to talk about the Super Bowl in September. Ugh. <laughs> Julian's now on Fox NFL kickoff Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. I used to be on that show, and they booted me to the curb smartly and got Julian Edelman. Yeah. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael dura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.